Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along today on this Saturday morning as we get into the Word of God, talk about it, how it relates to our lives. I'd like to share a little bit of some stories that I experienced on the campus this week. As you know, I preach out on the campuses. I was at a couple of campuses, Bowling Green University and and uh, University of Cincinnati here in Ohio that I had not spoken on in quite some time and uh, actually had kind of a wild and wonderful week. I'd like to share some things and particularly something very important to understand the difficulties and the trials that young people are going through today and the indoctrination that they're receiving. And I'm going to tell you in a little bit why it's okay to be straight. That's right. Well, we were up at Bowling Green State University, and here was a photo of it if you're on, on the uh, YouTube, not, not on the podcast. And we we're talking about faith in Christ, the Bible. I was there with my good friend Keith Darrell, who I've actually not preached with in many, many years, and, uh, and we had a good time. It kind of hard getting started, the 12.30 break, not much response, One thirty break, not much response. Actually, only one person stopped and interacted with me for a while. She left and uh, came back uh, five minutes later with her friend who was upset that I was preaching. This is a public campus, she said. You shouldn't be talking about God. You shouldn't be trying to tell people what to believe. All of this stuff, forcing your religion on people. Of course, we don't force anything because they can walk by and stop. Unlike a classroom where you're required to be there to get your grade, to be able to have a future, to have a career, and that professor has tremendous power over you, no one stops and listens to me unless they want to, and they're drawn by, we believe, the Holy Spirit. She was so upset, something happened, never happened to me before. She just had no response to my simple answers, and finally, her only response was to take her, her coffee and throw it on me. And in 42 years, I've never had a preaching on campus. I've never had anyone throw a drink on me before, but she drenched me good and well. And uh, and indeed, I was a sight for the rest of the day. People thought, why are you wearing, what? they thought I'd wash my clothes. Well, I did when we got home. Anyway, uh, it ended up then, not long after that, we ended up getting quite an audience, quite a crowd. God uses even things like that to draw people. And uh, the word spread, what was going on in campus. We had quite a talk quite a time preaching. They were kind of rowdy at first, and I had to make a comment to the students when when it was my turn to get back up the second time and preach. I had to make a comment that I thought I wanted to assure them of something. Students, it's okay to be straight. It's okay not to be LGBTQ. Now, you might think, well, that's kind of obvious, isn't it? But you would be surprised, my friends, at the number of people in our colleges and our high school and our middle schools who are now self-identifying as LGBTQIA, etc. And there's been a there's been a significant change in our culture. Uh, we've reached somewhat of a tipping point, shall we say? Where for years the LGBT the the those who ident- those who are involved in homosexuality, they were a small percentage two percent three percent, and they were the marginalized, uh, uh, persecuted was the narrative that they gave, and uh, and they gained a lot of sympathy, and they gained a lot of compassion, 
that they, they as they put forth the case that they were born this way and this was they equated it to like being a, a racial minority they were a sexual minority and they should be treated with the same compassion understanding and rights as those uh, of a different skin color quite successful but we're way past those days and today we're in a place where large numbers of young people are identifying as LGBTQ. Not just 2, 3, 4%, but there, there are surveys out now of 30%, 40% of people identifying this way. 30 and 40%. Now, they would argue that it's just, you know, that there's an environment now they can come out and it's, it's safe to say you're LGBTQ, and that's why there's so many. And that there's always been 30 to 40% of our population, or maybe even more, that has been LGBTQ. And I would argue that, no, something's happened in our culture, and I want to talk about that here. First of all, let's look at a Bible verse or two, and then I want to tell you what I think has happened. In Isaiah 5.20, Isaiah is talking about the apostasy of the land of the people of Israel. Woe unto those that call evil good and good evil, he says that substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. They substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. They are redefining. We talk a lot about this in our day, don't we? Redefining words, redefining what's right, redefining what's good. And that's what was happening in Isaiah's day. They were redefining what's good and what's evil. And that's happened in our day. We, you might not want to accept this, but we live in a culture more and more now that has redefined what is good and what is bad. We've gone from a time of moral absolutes, maybe like when I was young, it was pretty clear morally what our culture accepted to be good and right. We went from there to a period of moral relativism where the, the argument is be tolerant because no one should judge and nothing's good or right. And now we're moving to a period of moral absolutism again, but where the pendulum has swung and what was once good is now thought of as evil, and what was once thought of as evil is now thought of as good. Paul talks about, in Philippians chapter 3, how these people, the, he, he describes people who would be enemies of the cross of Christ, and he gives us these four words, these four descriptions of them, whose end is destruction, in other words, they, they reap what they sow, whose God is their appetite or their feelings just what they want, what they feel like having, whose glory is in their shame. Like Isaiah was saying, they're, they're, they're glorifying what they should be ashamed of, and the things that should remain hidden are now out and, 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 and celebrated, and who have their minds on earthly things, or have set their minds on earthly things. They're not thinking of eternity. They're not thinking of judgment. Indeed, as Christians, we live our lives with the awareness that someday we'll stand before the Almighty. And that's what really counts ultimately. What people think of us, it'd be nice to be liked, but ultimately what matters is what God thinks of us and God, what God will say on the judgment day. As I tell the students, we have a great final awaiting us. It's pass-fail. It's not graded on a curve. It's pass-fail, and there is no makeup exam. We want to pass that eternal final. That's what matters, folks, more than anything. So why is it that 
the so many people in our day and age now are, shall we say, glorying in their shame. Their God is their appetite. Their God is their feelings. Their God is just whatever they want right now and are setting their mind on earthly things. I'd like to speak just briefly about, about the effect cultural Marxism has had on our nation. Now, cultural Marxism is something that's been around for quite some time. We call it critical theory, or you've heard of the critical race theory. Well, the idea is just the critical theory. The race in the middle uh, is not what we're concerned so much about as the ideas put forth in the theory, critical theory, or what we might call cultural Marxism. So we know the Marxist idea failed terribly when the Soviet Union fell in uh, 1989, 90, when all the Eastern European countries fell. And this was an economic Marxism. And after that, the only Marxism that seemed to prevail or remain was that was, that was found in our American universities. They never gave up on it. But they changed it from an economic Marxism to a cultural Marxism. Marxism has always been, in simple terms, it is the, 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 the fight the movement throughout history in which the oppressed or the proletariat will rise up and overthrow the bourgeois or the oppressor, okay? And this changed from economic oppressors and the oppressed rising up to throw off the economic oppressors, which is what happened in the Soviet Union, and, uh, and, and uh, at least ideally, back in 1917 with the Marxist revolution there, and when that failed and was shown to be ineffective and doesn't work, then became a cultural Marxism. And the cultural Marxism has been active in our schools, in our universities, since the, I remember seeing it often in the 1980s when I preached at the University of Maryland. Basically, what this does is it divides people into groups. And the groups are based on your race, your gender, your, your nationality, your sexual orientation, your religion. And, they're, and based on being part of a particular group, you're either a good guy or a bad guy. It's not dependent upon what you do. It's not dependent upon your deeds, your kindness, your goodness, your, your achievements. It's based on this, this group. If you're in the, in the oppressor group, the bourgeois group, the group that has the power, you're naturally considered to be morally inferior, if you're in one of the groups that is not in power, the, the proletariat group, you're naturally considered to be morally superior. And so we have the idea that, for instance, poor people are morally superior to wealthy people. That's the economic Marxism. But we have the idea now at, with BLM and so on that people of color are morally superior to white people, that people, that immigrants are morally superior to people of America. That's why often they're treated well or better by, our, by people who have this mentality. That the people who are LGBTQ are morally superior to straight people. The people who are non-Christian are morally superior to Christian. The people who, and, and so forth. And so my friends, you've got to realize something. The young people today are often why they don't want to be perceived in some of these categories because that's thought of as being morally inferior. This is why this week I began to preach a new message on campus. 
It's okay to be straight. You're not morally inferior because you're straight. Now, that doesn't mean you should fornicate and, and, or commit adultery or do uh, immoral acts. But the mentality of the cultural Marxism, people don't want to be straight. They don't want to be thought of as that. They, the, the, the LGBTQ is thought of as there's something more courageous, more brave, more, more good about these people. And, it, and to just be straight is kind of like blasé. Now, fortunately, not everybody's like this. But this movement is accelerating dramatically. As I said, it wasn't, it wasn't five, six, seven years ago that the number of LGBT people would thought, be thought of two, three, four, two or three or four percent. And now we're talking about it in the younger generations. We're taught 30 to 40 percent dramatic change just in the last few years. Understand what they're going through. Understand the pressure they're on. How do we combat this? Well, there's a, there's a spiritual darkness in our country, obviously. We need to combat it with prayer, and we need to combat it with the truth. These are our spiritual weapons, prayer and the Word, prayer and the Word. This is why we get in the Word of God here and pray every day. In this time here together, we pray together, we get in the Word together because we engage in the spiritual battle. When I'm out on campus, we pray before we go, and we, we, we use the sword of truth, we use the belt of truth, we use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and we declare the truth because the truth is the greatest weapon against spiritual darkness and error. And so we must proclaim it. We must speak up. We must pray for our pulpits to be a flame of righteousness, declaring and speaking truth like never before. We've got to take it out into the public square like never before. My goodness, if your kids, if your kids are in the public schools, you've got to realize that as we've seen in the last couple of years, as we, more and more of what's being taught in there, it is a hostile environment. I'm not saying every school teacher is bad. I know they're not. There are many good, wonderful Christian school teachers, but their hands are being tied and they're being pressured to teach things that are not right. And those that do teach what is not right feel free game to go and say anything. My friends, take control of your children's education. Be involved in it. Get them in a homeschool or a Christian school or somewhere where you know what they're learning because the pressure to be in, the, in what is considered in cultural Marxism the, the morally superior group is immense. That's why people are embarrassed to admit to, to identify as straight. People are embarrassed to admit that they're Christian. People are embarrassed to admit that they're cisgender, or that is the gender you were, you were assigned at birth, they're told. So many now are embarrassed and ashamed to be American, ashamed of our heritage, of our background. Many are ashamed of their race. They feel that somehow they call white privilege, and because of their whiteness, that they're embarrassed or ashamed at the privileges they've had, uh, allegedly because of their race. My friends, this is not good things to be letting your children and grandchildren learn. Don't let them help equip them and prepare them to be able to stand against these ideas because we're exchanging good for evil, evil for good, light for darkness, darkness for light. Pray for me as I'm out on the campus. Pray for others who are preaching the word. Pray for pastors and leaders that we would speak boldly and clearly unashamedly. I was asked this week, and I'm asked, Tom, what do you think about black people? My answer is real simple. 
red and yellow, black and white. We are all precious in his sight. Jesus said, make disciples of all nations, all people, all ethnic groups, everybody. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. It's not about skin. It's about sin. It's not about race. It's about grace. This is our message. Lord, Father, we bless you today. We think of how, Lord, we are grieved. We're grieved to see how our culture has so quickly, even just in the last two or three years during this time of so much upheaval in our nation, and so quickly has embraced what you would say is wrong, and we're exchanging good for evil and evil for good, light for darkness, darkness for light. Oh, Father, how we pray in Jesus' name that we would be people who hold fast to the Word of God, who stand firm in the Word of God, who love everyone. But Lord, as we love everyone, that we would speak the truth to them in love, and we would not compromise the truth out of compassion, but we would not also out of out of truth be uh, in speaking the truth be rude or mean. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, for revival in our land. We pray the spiritual darkness would be lifted. We pray the eyes would be opened. We pray, Lord, for people of all ages, all ethnicities, all backgrounds, everything, Lord, that they would find the grace, the love, the joy, the goodness of our God, which is available to every person through Jesus Christ. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen and amen and amen. Hey, you know, some of you may be new, and if so, I'd like to mention today, I have a book of my campus stories called Taking It to Their Turf. If you've not read it yet, please do. Go to my website, tomthepreacher.com, and request a copy. We prefer a donation, but if you can't, we'll send you one. We prefer that you give a donation with the book, but uh, just contact us if you at Tom at Tom the Preacher or make a donation there at TomThePreacher.com, and we would love to send you this. I think you'll be encouraged by it. My stories—they're not all win, they're not all victories, but they're all faithful. I'm out there faithfully, win or lose. I'll be I'll be out there as often as I can. So I'm so glad to have you along today. We get here and read the Word of God every day together, and we pray over it. Because I, as I said earlier, we're engaged in the spiritual battle. We want to be strong Christians. We know we won't be without the input of God's Word on a, on a regular basis, daily if possible. Get into the Word of God, allow it to strengthen you. And so I hope you will join us regularly. Subscribe, hit the notify button. Um, um, tell your friends, like the video, share where you're from. And again, all of us, I hope you're sharing with your friends because we believe we're giving a message here that needs to be heard. So post this on your social media. Tell others about it. Word of mouth, social media, email, however you do it. Let's help grow our channel. So until we meet tomorrow, might the Lord bless you, strengthen you. Might you and I stand for what's good, right, and true. I know you do. And I know I'm sowing the seed here on good soil, people who really want to grow and be all that God wants you to be. So I love you guys. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, 8.30 a.m. then. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.